Welcome to the third episode in the sixth series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women in customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host, Claire Muskip, and in today's episode, I'll be talking to a wonderful community member from Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. She's the co-founder and chief experience officer at Exco, and with over 15 years of experience in the field, among the first in the Caribbean to hold a CX title. With her proven and measurable track record for CX-oriented change, as a certified trainer and facilitator, Qualtrics XM scientist, net promoter expert, and customer journey mapper, she supports businesses as they undertake their customer experience transformation goals. Let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest, CX sister, Samantha Conyers. Hi, Sam. Hi, Claire. How are you? I'm good. How are things in Trini? <laughs> things are good. Things are very good, thanks. What about you? How are you? It's definitely not as sunny here as uh, as over in the Caribbean, for sure. But we're, we're just emerging into spring now in London, so things are brightening up. <laughs> well, on, the, on the, um, the positive for you, we are now going into rainy season here. So you're oh. probably going to have better weather than me for a couple months. Not for long, not for long. But <laughs> welcome to the Inspiring Women in CX podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm someone that I've got to know really, really well over the course of the last couple of years um it feels like this moment was meant to be that eventually we'd be we'd be on a podcast together so just thank you so much for being here <laughs> yeah Claire, you know it's it's amazing the relationship we've built and i'm truly honored to be here and to continue building our relationship and exploring things together and challenging each other and <laughs> you know i really enjoy our friendship me too me too and welcome to everybody who's listening or watching the podcast wherever you are we're, we're so glad that you're here too so Bab, I'm going to start with the question I ask all of our podcast guests when they first come on the podcast and that is to share with our audience how you found your way into the women in CX community and how things have been going for you since you joined yeah great um so I found my way onto women in CX in the very early days, um, I was part of the first webinar and you spoke about what the objective of Women in CX was, what the community was all about. Uh, um, and I was hooked ever since. I mean, having been in the field of customer experience, I would say that my early days in the career um, were very lonely. There were not many people. There were no people mm -hmm. in terms of CX as a profession in, the, in my region. And, you know, I was really nervous about posting on LinkedIn or communicating on LinkedIn. So I found myself quite, you know, lonely in terms of networking and um, bouncing ideas off of people and, you know, having that community spirit. So on LinkedIn is where I saw about women in CX. I had followed you before, Clay. I've always been oh, a fan of you. We were on the we were on the gram, weren't we? We were the but gram buddies. <laughs> we are, we are. We've been gram buddies for a long time. And I've followed you for a long time on, on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Um, so that's definitely where I heard about women in CX. Um, and I haven't looked back since. I mean, if I think, Claire, about my highlights uh, since you guys launched to now. 
Um, my highlights have been, well, of course, having you here in the Caribbean. Um, for our <laughs> listeners who don't know, we had the pleasure of having Claire in Trinidad um, speak at our Customer Experience Summit in 2022. We still Gorgeous. get great feedback. Yeah, we still get great <laughs> feedback, Claire, about your, your talk and how relatable and tangible it was. Thank um, you. And then, you know, for, as a community member, you know, so much tangible benefits for me in terms of being part of the community, uh, not only in terms of my own learning, uh, I have been able to connect with like-minded professionals on the network, share ideas, share presentations, um, challenges, etc. Um, but we've also gotten business out of Women in CX, so... Mm-hmm. We are doing a piece of work, actually the second piece of work with a bank oh, in Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, and that's through Wix. So I met Jessica. Jessica, if you're listening, hi. I met mm-hmm. Jessica on the network and we chatted. And then it translated into some work and she was really happy with how the first piece of work went. And now we're doing a second piece of work. So real tangible, literal return on investment benefits from being a member of Wix. So, you know, like I said, I really have had such a positive and impactful, you know, I think that's the word I'd like to use, an impactful experience as of being part of the Women in CX community. Oh, so lovely to hear. And now we've got all the ex-co girls, haven't we, as members? Oh, yes, of course. So we have the whole team. <laughs> on board um which is awesome and i know that liz who is our newest team member gets a lot of benefits in terms of resources and again knowledge and training and exposure on the community Mm, yeah and i guess this is what we've built the community for wasn't it is to bring together women from all over the world to connect with one another um, to share opportunities to collaborate to learn share and grow as a community together and that's yeah. just such an awesome example of you know the opportunities translating into work so someone on the business side and you guys as an agency being able to do that but also all the values that the value that you guys have brung brought sorry to the community as well in terms of the webinars you've delivered I know you did a great one on strategy um recently we had Chelsea doing one on journey mapping didn't we, we had yeah. Chelsea on the podcast as well sharing what it was like to be a woman in CX in the Caribbean um and and lest we forget after the conference we had women in CX Caribbean launch on the hottest rooftop <laughs> with palm trees in the background day. it yeah. was a hot day yeah it was a it hot was, day well, a hot day for this little redhead from England for sure <laughs> um but being there with there's about there's about 40 women, weren't there, that stayed yeah. after the conference and yeah. um, shared their stories and how they got into CX and stuff. So, yeah, super, super, so glad that you joined. And I, I always remember, like, um, we'd like, like each other's stuff, wouldn't we, on Instagram yeah. and, like, send each other little messages, but we'd never actually met. So yeah. getting to, um, to hang out on Zoom, I think, before I launched Women in CX, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we'd hung out. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah. I was determined that I was going to get you to come and join us. <laughs> well mission well, accomplished mission accomplished yeah so um, we obviously we had to wait for the right timing but now not just you you've got like all of the ex-co ladies and so many women that have joined us since the conference as well from the caribbean um yeah awesome yeah that's so uh, that's a big win for me you know um like i shared with you in the past i think cx can has been uh um not not the biggest profession in the region mm-hmm. and to see the growth uh, 
you know, even a, a customer experience search on LinkedIn. I remember again, when I first started in CX so many years ago, it turned up like four people in the whole mm -hmm. Caribbean. Mm -hmm. I did it recently and it was over 9,000 results of customer experience in the region. So it's, it's a growing field in the region. And, you know, I feel personally very proud to have any part of that movement. So, yeah, you know, but you, it was you guys driving it there, wasn't it? Because you were, you did your first conference before the pandemic, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah. Your second one in 2022, obviously we couldn't do them for a couple of years. But mm -hmm. um, but you got people from all over the Caribbean to come together for those events. Yeah. They flew in from like Jamaica and Puerto Rico yeah. and everywhere, didn't they? Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and like they were all, whenever I spoke to anybody, they were all crediting Exco as kind of having yeah. led the way and introduced them to this and I'm sure you must have seen a big uptick between 2019 and 2022 in terms of the number of people that attended right as well yeah absolutely and, and just group. the interest I mean even just the interest in the engagement is 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 really growing which is super exciting for us yeah that's the power of community right like generally absolutely. like but the customer experience community as we've definitely talked about before mm -hmm. um beyond wix just generally is yeah. um, an exciting and fun and kind place to be and yeah i think that's it's all about that kind of shared opportunity and helping one another isn't it and bringing people together to keep advancing things um and it's just yeah wonderful to see you ladies three well, four ladies now isn't it four oh, powerful yeah. women standing up on that stage and leading the way yeah. for everyone um, I was so proud of you <laughs> oh, thank you Claire right back at you Hi. Love. <laughs> um, so I'm sure the audience would love to know more about you Sam I'm sure a lot of people have seen you on LinkedIn you've been popping up on quite a few podcasts and webinars but what's your career journey been like um, in this region where customer experience is literally exploding right now but wasn't <laughs> not yeah. that long ago <laughs> um well I think just you know a really quick high level I would say that I started in CX in in a bank in London um sort of by accident right I accidentally fell into it um and as I always say I spend most of my time making coffee and, and organizing <laughs> meetings but I quickly learned to uh, from the people that I was supporting the value of customer experience in that, uh, you know, combining processes and operational components, data analytics, design work with the more human and human relations and empathetic side um, or personal side immediately caught my attention, right? I loved the idea of bringing the two together. And I had really never seen a profession that, empowered and encouraged people to do that mm -hmm. so when I moved back to Trinidad in 2009 um, I got a job in an insurance company and um, it was customer relations at the time and I begged I remember begging my the person I was reporting to to turn it into customer <laughs> experience um, and eventually she agreed and since then you know I have been able I've had such an amazing opportunity mm -hmm. to lead implement and design customer experience programs for businesses so the insurance company was the first one where you know we designed from scratch what a cx program should look like what it meant to the insurance company what we needed to do mm -hmm. how we resourced it mm -hmm. um, and as a result of that opportunity i was then headhunted from 
um, my, my next cor uh, corporate rule, I should say, which was in Digicel, which is the largest telecoms operator in the Caribbean. Um, and I stayed in Digicel for nearly seven years as the head of customer experience. And I was the first customer experience resource there too. So I was again, but on a much bigger scale, able to design, deploy, implement uh, customer experience management programs and the mm -hmm. related technologies um, that went with them. Mm -hmm. I left Digicel. Uh, the business was going through some transformational changes. Um, I had just become a mom and I left Digicel and we started Exco. I started, created and co-founded Exco. And we're actually going to be five years old on May the 1st. Oh, Exo my gosh. Will be five years old on May the 1st. Yeah. Oh, I have to have a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> and as you know, literal blood, sweat and tears have gone into Exco. Mm. Um, and a lot of, you know, joy and proud moments at Exco. I am the chief experience officer. So we work with clients to help them deliver better, whether that is better customer experiences, internal processes and operations, employee experiences, work better together, understand their customers better. We're really trying to, um, as we like to say now, our new sort of way of working is making better possible for our clients. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. What an amazing journey. And it really resonates with me. Um, that I have a shared similar experience where yes. every customer experience job I did, I was the first person to I do know. customer experience. First with it in my job title, um, progressing through gradually bigger companies and still always having that blank sheet of paper to start mm -hmm. with. Um, but I think that really helped me because I couldn't rely on anyone else's way of doing stuff I had to figure out the right way to do it for the business I was in at the time mm -hmm. and I think maybe therefore why consultancy came so easily for me when I left <laughs> because basically that's what I've been doing for my yeah. <laughs> for the whole time and taking blank sheets of paper and figuring out what needed to be done so um... and I just I want to just build on that play because I think that you know, I don't know about the, the rest of the world, but I can tell you in our region, consultants have a really bad reputation. <laughs> um, you know, consultants are known in our in the Caribbean region for being very expensive and coming in doing, you know, very strategic or theoretical work and then mm -hmm. handing you a 400 page binder telling you <laughs> what you should do. And I and love the bill. you and the bill. <laughs> and I love what you just said there about your corporate life preparing you for this type of work because that's honestly exactly how I feel because having um, the opportunity to do it for you know more than one business it really did provide me with this framework in my own mind for what works and what doesn't work and then I've been able to take that experience um, from my corporate life and thankfully, it was different industries, right? So it's not mm. to say I've just done it, for example, with telcos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it cross industry. Mm. Um, so to then be able to take that experience and apply it to other businesses and ideally help other businesses, of course, mm. understand the, the real tangible values of a proper strategic mm. experience management framework, yeah. mm. Um 
is I actually almost don't like to call myself a consultant in the Caribbean. You know, we I like to, you know, think of myself as a contractor, um, a freelancer almost, mm. because again, of the reputation that consultants have, because we mm. are the exact opposite, you know, as I know you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, so it's like now now having founded a startup and had to do everything from the design to the delivery and the implementation across every single aspect, whether that's product service, marketing, email, sales. Like if I was ever to go back into the corporate world now, I think I would be such a different leader in um, the world. But I think that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about taking the experience that we gain, metabolizing it, applying it, testing and learning and just continuing that growth plan. And I know for where I'm at right now, I feel like, every day is still a school day I'm learning something new constantly um and yeah like just we keep evolving don't we we keep we keep we keep going um but yeah I suppose consulting consultants in the CX industry globally I think have um I say not a negative reputation but there are so many people out there that are professing to yeah create value when actually all they're creating is paper and <laughs> like because so many cx programs fail um there is definitely i think a higher demand for skilled day rate contractors who actually go in roll their sleeves up and design something or deliver something yeah, or a part absolutely. of a transformation program um and, and also just the way that businesses are approaching things differently nobody is looking for a cx transformation now they're looking for how do I navigate customer experience when I'm going through digital transformation, for example? <laughs> exactly. Um, and the the strategic driver of what the organization is trying to do isn't necessarily being driven from that angle it previously was. But we're going to come on to talk about everything in terms of digital and the, the change technology is driving shortly. But before we move on to that, um, there must have been some barriers or challenges you had to overcome personally or professionally to get to where you are today is that is there anything that you could share with our listeners and watchers <laughs> viewers yeah I mean I think there's challenges daily right you know you mentioned the challenges of a startup so personally right now and slash professionally because when you have your own business it's a little bit personal mm, bit little of both. Bit professional yeah. with everything the, the lines definitely blur <laughs> yeah absolutely um Every day is a struggle when you think about work-life balance, you know, and turning off for some period of the day. You and I speak about this a lot and being very self-aware of when you're reaching that burnout or overwhelmed. Um, so that's definitely a challenge for me. Um, and something that I didn't realize was a challenge, and I'm, I'm now trying to be more aware of it, is... Micromanaging from a you know perfectionist perspective, mm. so you know I'm working on letting go mm. and having you know a, a little bit less hands in everything because you know as the saying goes, when you're juggling too many things, you know something is definitely going to drop at one point or the other. So those are my current challenges that I'm working on, and I think. In terms of, you know, from, as you mentioned, starting your own business, we had a lot of financial challenges in terms of how we started the business. So, you know, I remember when we were looking for a bank loan, 
uh, to get the business up and running. We had, of course, absolutely no salaries um, mm. for quite a long time. Um, uh, we were denied all the bank loans we applied for, which I was like, but I, I couldn't understand why we're, we were denied it. And we never ended up getting a bank loan. So that not having a salary for months on end was definitely a big challenge. Yeah, um, bootstrapping is hard. Yeah, it's def- you know, and you hear all about it, right? You read the stories and you read the business books and they tell you that, oh, I didn't make any money for the first X years. It's really hard to go through it, especially when you have a family to support mm-hmm. or your a roof above your head that you are responsible for paying for. Mm-hmm. So that was a big challenge in startup. And as a contractor consultant, that's always a challenge, right? Keeping that pipeline healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and working this this is one that is is huge for me working on the business not just in the business oh. <laughs> yeah and it's a mind shift isn't it so I think there's about four or five things I can relate to um, in what you said there so um, so I think there's this connection between all three of the things that you you, you shared there so this relationship that we have with burnout is also partly due to the fact that we're perfectionists and it mm-hmm. means that we manage every single detail because part of the reason we're successful is because we deliver such high quality, right? Yeah. Such a high standard um, that means people come back and want to work with us more. But when you're running a business, you also have to run the business. <laughs> but exactly. for, I suppose like, CX practitioner let's just call ourselves practitioners for today yeah people who love rolling their sleeves up and actually doing the work like that's where our happy yeah. points is we love being in the workshops we love facilitating we love like creating innovation doing research creating prototypes mm-hmm. user testing um trying things out so like finding that when we say balance but like having to run a business and it takes you away from doing the things that you really love and enjoy doing and that's draining isn't it absolutely I don't I don't I think I've been honest about this I particularly enjoy running a business I love creating experiences for our members I love doing our you know research and co-design that's brilliant but the bigger we get the more there is to think about and run as a business so Mm -hmm. there's this like intersection between like learning to let go Mm -hmm. So the detail is still always amazing, but it's not necessarily you overseeing everything. Creating that pipeline of talent within the team that means um, you can step away and do things that maybe you don't really want to do. But also remembering, I suppose, like where your strengths are and ensuring that you protect enough of your time and headspace to still do the thing that you were there that you love that you know the reason that you did it in the first place yeah because it can become demoralizing I think when you you're working so hard and financial difficulties arrive and if you're if you're not suitably sustained with energy at that time it can knock you like literally over it's done it to me before like you hit a road bump and because you're so exhausted that road bump feels like you've just walked straight into a wall (laughs) yeah absolutely and your resilience is down Uh, but I don't have kids and you do you've got two haven't you and young young as well like I, I can't imagine like having to do all of this and having babies <laughs> and a well you've you've seen them walk in many times um they they, sh- they won't today because they're at school um, 
mm-hmm. but yeah, the, the kids, of course, demand a different level of energy. Um, but I think that, you know, if I didn't have kids, my energy would be going somewhere else too. So I think mm-hmm. you had the nail on the head with the word balance, right? And it doesn't, it never means 50-50. You know, I think people think balance means 50-50, but that's not possible. I think balance means, for me at least, balance means some days might be like this and other days might be like this. And then mm-hmm. how do you start to sort of, you know, it's almost like a seesaw, you know, a kid seesaw. And like when you meet in that middle, how mm-hmm. do you optimize that moment and that middle moment? And, you know, for me, I really try to put little routines in place. I'm a very structured person. Um, mm-hmm. So those little routines really help me. Um, so some mm-hmm. people think I'm insane, but like you, I know you do this too, but I wake up at 4.30 in the morning so that I can go to the gym. Oh, I get an extra half an hour in bed. I'm only 5 a.m. <laughs> well, same thing, but you know what I mean? Like that that for me is balance. For yeah. somebody else, that's insane. That was great, yeah. No. <laughs> um, but I, 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 so I can't remember where I picked this up, but some, I had a conversation with somebody recently. We were discussing this, this thing around work-life balance in air quotes and they were saying like well it's not really it shouldn't be about work-life balance it's about life work balance yeah and I was like oh my god yeah I have got this totally the wrong way around I'm trying to like fit my personal life in with the work I have to do and not not the other way around and the last the last three three years really like the only I really I like look back now and I'm like oh my god like where is my life like my what my life has become a job um so so for me like like you like actually getting up early and having five hours in the day which are for me to work out to meditate to do whatever I want that is my sanity (laughs) but I also need to get a social life back and start dating again because I put all of that on hold yeah and that's not you know that's not healthy um but when I let go of the routines and just did work like I thought I was losing my mind at one point. I'm not joking. Like I think like, almost I felt like I was going to go insane yeah. because without that grounding, I think maybe less so than balance for me without like having that time and that space, I'm just useless after a few weeks of that. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. So being able to learn to put ourselves in our own needs first before and above everything else is definitely a challenge for me too. But I know when I'm doing it which at the moment is sporadically well, I know when I get to do this consistently imagine what we could achieve like yeah. in our professional lives and our whole lives but not coming from a place of like exhaustion exactly. um I keep imagining the day will come I when I figure that out but and it takes uh, there's like aha moments actually my son said to me last night we were having um we were sitting down for dinner and he said, what's wrong, mom? And I said, I'm just tired, kid. And he said, mom, you're always tired. And I was like, oh, oh, there you go to your, your point. It's like that, aha, uh-huh, okay. Pump the brakes a little bit and uh, make a little bit, not just more time for them, but more time so that you're not exhausted. Exhausted, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, felt, I felt so guilty. No, I don't feel guilty about it, but it is just true, isn't it? You cannot pour from an empty cup. And I think something about you and me that's quite similar is 
we can pour from very very shallow cups we can have like literally nothing but still be pouring (laughs) and no one would know like that we've got hardly anything in our cup because we can keep that abundance going for other people um um yeah that that can be our promise to each other accountability for 2023 this this summer yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) um we'll have to keep checking in on each other on that And now for a quick word from one of our sponsors. We are proud to be supported by Kantar, the world's leading evidence-based insight and consulting company. Kantar CX helps clients define customer and employee experience strategies, better understand their customers via measurement, and in turn, improve business outcomes, driving true commercial ROI. To find out more about Kantar CX practice, please visit the sponsor links on the homepage of womenincx.community. Now back to the episode. So moving into the CX part of our conversation today, um, you wanted to talk about what's been all over the news of late, which is the impact of new technology like chat GPT on customer experience. So I thought we could just chew the breeze about what we're seeing, like what kinds of contents out there that's creating waves and maybe not so necessarily such positive ones because like from my point of view there definitely is a way that technology can support customer experience but for me a lot of the way it's been implemented or thought about from a mindset point of view is actually disruptive to customer experience so tell me yeah. Sam like what what are you seeing like what are you hearing and what, what are you making of it yeah, I think, you know, like you, I have the the same gut reaction to it, right? Like, oh gosh, this is very disruptive to a seamless experience. Um, and, you know, as we, we chatted about briefly before, I want to, you know, thank you for always being so open with the information that you share, um, especially on the community around, you know, how tech can impact CX or supplement slash benefit CX. And it's actually really relevant now in our region because we're seeing quite a few companies um, implementing more contact center technologies um, and as a result, laying off quite a few people in the region. Um, And I know we're seeing that, we're seeing layoffs everywhere, right? And I think uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are tying them together. I think, you know, they go hand in hand, the tech and the layoffs. Um, And it was interesting because I was watching in preparation for a webinar, I was looking at a couple of different podcasts and interviews and webinars. Um, and I saw Sam Walton, the CEO of OpenAI. Um, he was being very transparent. And he said, um, along the lines of that, you know, chat GPT and, you know, AI and machine learning, whatever call center agents are doing right now, what he actually said that whatever they're doing, mm-hmm that it can replace them. And yeah, he he acknowledged that he thought there was going to be a lot of job layoffs and job loss because of it. And that actually, I got excited because I said, well, the fact that he said whatever they're doing means he has no idea what call center agents are doing. (laughs) Um, And I mean that with all the respect in the world, right? And I'll, I'll share my own personal example. I remember when I joined Digicel, um, it was around Christmas time. It was November. And of course, as you would imagine, Digicel's very busy at Christmas time. And I was like, you know what? Um, 
I saw the agents struggling and drowning, both on the call center side as well as in the store sides. And I was like, I worked in retail like we all do. You know, I, I worked in retail when I was young and selling and I was a bartender. So I was like, I can let me go and help in the store or let me help on the call center. Um, I have a master's. I can do this. <laughs> I could not do what the call center agents were doing. The level of system orchestration and multitasking or multi-screening, as they call it in call centers, in order to deliver an experience or a, pers a customized and really personalized experience, um, took literal orchestrating of different systems. And Clay, you know my background. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't call myself overly techie but I definitely know technology I know it is capable of I worked in a telecoms for nearly seven mm. years so I'm very familiar with technology um, but I can tell you that immediately technology cannot just come in and replace what call center agents are doing and what I would love to see is more of a switch to think about uh, you know and, and I guess this is a challenge for business leaders of course from an OPEX and CAPEX perspective but how we can use this type of technology to enhance or supplement the experiences that we're delivering mm -hmm. and deliver. You know, we've been talking about personalized experiences for, I, I don't even know how long, but we've been talking about delivering personalized experiences forever. Mm -hmm. And the reality is some businesses have been doing it. I mean, if I log into Netflix, I'm going to see different recommendations than you based on what I've watched, um, based on what I've clicked, you know, to browse or watch the trailers. Um, Amazon, right? You know, Amazon makes recommendations for me and I spend off my salary every month based on <laughs> their personalized recommendations. So businesses have been doing it, right? And I think that what worries me slash when I, you know, the optimist in me excites me is how do we use these technologies to make customer experience more of a, you know, intelligent and, and um, rather than a cost center, more of an intelligent center and really empower customer experience practitioners like ourselves with data to deliver more personalized experiences and then where applicable measure the return of, of those more personalized experiences for, you know, the bottom line on our business. Yeah, this is um, a term that I coined in 2021, um, which was from a keynote that I did called Augmented Humanity. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, the thrust of it was basically, there was a lot of fear around what technology is going to do um, in terms of taking people's jobs or like taking over, because there is inherently a new level of risk I think with conversational AI we're seeing it already aren't we like conversational AI can hallucinate it can completely make stuff up that isn't yeah. true um, open AI was called open AI because they were building a technology that's open source that could be used by anybody mm -hmm. um, and it was like a foundation rather than something that was taking investment to become corporate but then it received a billion pounds of funding from microsoft <laughs> and now it has become something that people are trying to harness for commercial mm -hmm. reasons right which you know is 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 understandable but i don't think this is that much of a different conversation than when chatbots first arrived which was 
the business case for implementing expensive technology is you can take people out of the equation. So when businesses are looking at tech, even though a lot of the tech vendor organizations are marketing the improvement that can be made from customer experience, even if something can be conversational, if it's still built on a bad knowledge base or inaccurate data or the same problems that exist today, um, it's still going to not create a great experience. And I can see like um, generative AI and conversational AI, you know, like kind of chatbots are going to get better. That's good because probably most of the headcount already got taken out when they put a chatbot in in the first place. But with mm-hmm. ChatGPT or the OpenAI um, technology, it could make things better there. Um, but I'm thinking like helping agents to write responses if there's a good knowledge base, like to copyright or make notes. Yeah. Like when they're in the contact center, like from those calls, you could make loads of efficiencies and actually make their jobs and lives easier but it's not yeah. necessarily bringing that technology to the customer forefront, which is what everybody's immediately jumping to. But I also think, um, you know, you talked about a range of different technology applications there. Um, I, I think I think we have to catch up as a CX discipline to accept the reality that customer experience is being driven by technology and technology adoption. Customer experience is uh, being affected by digital transformation and we can't just keep going we need to do things differently and focus on the customer experience and like lead a transformation customer centrically by that way like we've got to kind of help to ensure that whatever's being transformed through the implementation of technology remains customer focused and in the customer's or human's best interest because yeah if you think about where these programs and projects are led from typically technology teams typically based on business requirements and very little vision of what's the experience we want to deliver for the humans in the mix and that's where we can help right if we can work to define the target experience our brand wants to offer our customers and when any technology is implemented or designed it needs to help to to deliver that we cannot control the ins and outs of the interactions in technology now and who should never nor should we try to but we can certainly help to craft a vision for it so so i'm, I'm so, so i'm with you and then the, the, the marketing aspect sorry i'm feeling like i'm on a bit of a monologue now that's okay <laughs> you can tell i've been thinking about um thinking about this stuff but the but the kind of front end with personalization is is tip is is usually being done because it drives sales right or it drives purchase or it drives button click or something that's that's yeah. all great again like how do you architect that vision for the experience that that technology can enable because exactly. we want the clicks we want the purchases we want the efficiencies um but not at the um not not in not, not at the expense of the experience and we can do that we can create this future agreed i totally but agree it's a very different skill set for cx professionals to be able to work with that and it's a lot more about design than it's ever been about survey creation, voice of the customer. Yeah. The the more traditional routes. Sorry, I don't know how long I spoke for them, but I ran out of breath. <laughs> That's okay. And I something you said there made me, you know, really resonated with me because it, again, people think of automation as removing the human element. 
But for me, when I think about personalized experiences, um, I'd really challenge any type of automation to deliver, you know, truly personalized experiences. And I think that where it really adds value from a CX perspective as a business is not just automating everything, right? Because of course, there's definite value in automating processes, um, simple knowledge bases to your points. Like if Things I need to take people away from customers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so personalized experiences for me are not the result of automation at all. Mm. It's, it's quite the opposite. Rather, they're the result of businesses actively choosing and understanding their customers' wants, needs, behaviors, and choosing mm. what to automate and what not to. Mm. And you know, when we think about, you know, to go back to the call center experience, I think I would love if if I had a problem with something and I could, you know, quickly type it in and an intelligent bot or, or whatnot give me access to fixing my problem. But there's certain things that I actually want to speak to a human being for. And I, act, I don't think that's ever going to change, right? So how do we actively drive to your point that design work to help businesses understand one the experience that they're actually delivering because uh, one thing I see a lot here Claire and I'm, I'm sure you have in your career too but a big gap in perceptual alignment right so mm -hmm. businesses think they're delivering things a certain way but when you when you go out and either a experience the business experience the experience yourself mm -hmm. or you know, get feedback from customers, uh, really dig into that feedback. There's a big gap in that per perceptual mm -hmm. alignment in terms of, are we delivering what we actually think we are? Um, so how do we use, again, to bring it back to technology, how do we use technology to enhance those moments, right? Yeah, I'm giggling away because on that presentation that I told you about from 2021, I found some stats. It was from like the most recent global CX study. And it was the perception gap between how well businesses think tra digital transformation was going versus customers. And there was a 30% gap with the yeah. businesses thinking it was better than, way better than the customers did. Um, but yeah, like I see stuff that is a huge wide open opportunity, but the, the discipline hasn't quite caught up yet. And technology is moving at such pace that... Yeah. Um, that it's not going to stop like <laughs> there's agree. no slowing down and like nor should we should we try to but I, but I do agree with that point around um you know automation is great automating things that you don't need people to waste their time doing I know in Wix like when we discovered Zapier and that could automate um, emails or messages based on what reaction actions people were taking this is like a very basic level compared to big corporate oh. you know organizations but like it saved us so much time and um, but it only takes like one bug to completely mess up the system that still requires the human to write and craft the messages and um when a when a zap fails like literally everything stops so it's not infallible either no. and what what I'm figuring out is like when you build in loads of automation and loads of digital actually it's quite easy to lose sight of everything that's going on Absolutely. because it's all happening on its own <laughs> um and they, like when we when we look have to go we frequently go back and we look at our like onboarding journey for example or our communications or like 
we'll get find an email that's in an automation but it was from like eight months ago and we'll be like oh my god like oh, that tone of voice is just so not us anymore <laughs> exactly um, exactly yeah so it's pretty 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 big um so there's clearly there's a difference between customer experience managing customer experiences and implementing technologies to manage customer experience is there yeah. anything you'd like to kind of like leave our listeners with around around that point of view yeah well I think that ties directly back to what we just spoke about around design work um mm-hmm. I saw on LinkedIn the other day I think you saw it too somebody had shared um look at this customer journey map done all by AI and I, you know, I cl- I was really interested to see the, the the work that was done. And of course, when I clicked on it, I was like, well, this is definitely not a customer journey map. It's a great start. And, you know, it's a great foundation or almost journey spine. But mm-hmm. without the design work, without the, you know, customer experience oriented methodologies and tools yeah. and, and data, research (laughs) research data and research for me are the most uh, overlooked and underutilized cx tools in our region um Mm. so i always find myself and you would know this i always find myself trying to speak on you know customer experience data experiential Mm. data linking experiential data to operational and financial data and again i think that's where tech can really help us um, I think that, you know, that linkage of data, which can be very difficult to do manually, very time consuming um, and require uh, quite enhanced and advanced skill sets that not everybody has. And mm-hmm. as you and I were talking about earlier, very time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I love to see and learn from the CX led tech that's doing that so uh, OCX Cognition has a platform called Spectrum and they are taking customer experience tools methodologies mindsets of course it's run by um, Richard Owen who's one of the creators of the net promoter score so yeah a real CX background Um, he himself will tell you you know survey programs are failing Mm -hmm. exactly as you just said Um, And how can we be more advanced, analytical and predictive with data? So, -hmm. you know, they've built an engine that allows um, businesses to use customer experience data, um, linking to operational and financial data and start to predict using models to predict customer behaviors and and customer outcomes. So that's the stuff that excites me to see the evolution of tech as you said with a cx mindset rather than (laughs) trying to force cx Mm. into a tech so i think if that Mm. you know the theme for today is definitely balance for you and i but yeah that's where i get excited and i start to want to learn more and read more and you know in preparing for this call i was looking up different statistics and you know different case studies and i found a stat that 75% 75% of businesses are struggling uh, to deploy CX technologies in their business at this time. And I just thought that was through a McKinsey article. And I thought, you know, I remember when we were reading how many, and you spoke about this earlier too, how many CX programs are failing. So, mm. you know, how do we- And bring... digital transformations are failing. It's all failing, right? <laughs> Everything is failing. How do we find the balance, right? And how mm. do we- 
you know, use automation to instead of replace human connection, mm-hmm. shorten the route to human connection. Mm-hmm. So if I was an agent or in, in my, I guess, ideal world, um, we use things like AI to shorten that route to valued human connection. So simple example, if I call a call center, obviously, you know, my mobile number coming in, you should know a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to repeat basic information. My, you know, th- those are the kind of things I would love to see tech and AI and yeah. um, agent empowerment through technology. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was awesome. And I'm sure this will continue to evolve. Um, it's yeah. a huge topic for us in the community. It is going to be a huge topic for us on things like LinkedIn Live panel debates coming up. So, Sam, it'd be great to get you back and appearing yeah. on one of those and uh, and kicking this around a bit more. But thanks so much for joining me today. You're awesome. Oh, Clay, I'm so I love chatting with you. It always feels like catching up with an old friend, whatever we're talking about. Um, thank you for always having me and supporting me. And yeah, I would love to be part of the next panel. You know, I learned so much from the community. Um, I really appreciate being part of it love <laughs> and and thanks to everyone who listened or watched today as well and we'll be back next time but for now see you soon bye, bye. <laughs> thanks for listening to the inspiring women in CX podcast with me Claire Muscat if you enjoyed the episode please drop us a like subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on And if you want to know more about becoming a member of the world's first online membership community for women in customer experience, please check out womenincx.community forward slash membership. Join us again next time where I'll be talking to one of our community members from London about emotional intelligence and leadership. See you all soon.